us live or listen to past podcasts 24-7 at lbsportsnetwork.com. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. On the Rebel Sports Network from Learfield, live from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, welcome to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer-driven. Now, here are your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry. Welcome once again to the Rudder Rebel Coaches Show, the Kevin Kruger Radio Show here at Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Great to be with you. The Rebels 3-0 and after defeating number 21 Dayton last night at the Thomas and Mack and one of the, the best come-from-behind victories we've seen at the Mack in a long time. First win for the Running Rebels over a non-conference nationally ranked opponent in eight years and just a, a terrific game with a great crowd and all in all just a, a great night for runner rebel basketball rebels off to a terrific start we'll talk about the incarnate word game we'll talk about certainly spent a lot of time talking about the dayton game and then begin to look at the upcoming schedule uh and upcoming plans thanksgiving next week talk about that a little bit uh, as we get going but uh, the man of the hour let's bring him right in head coach kevin Kruger with us curtis will join us in just a second but uh, coach uh, just talking to the fans after the ball game, uh, there was there was so much just absolute joy about what they saw and what they were part of last night, and they definitely were part of it. Uh, it I know when you came out of the locker room for the postgame interview, it was obvious there had been a bit of a celebration in that locker room because you were soaking wet. And uh, I, I think everybody from from top down associated with the program had to feel good about last night. Yeah, I think uh you know this is this is a different a different uh quarter zip that we got going on tonight. Uh <laughs> we get a handful of them, you know, for being at UNLV, but uh yeah, a, a great come from behind win. Uh guys battled like crazy to to overcome two different double digit deficits. Um so you know, just couldn't be more proud of them the way they stuck together in that second half. Uh got some stops, uh finished the game on a on a major defensive stand and uh, just I think six or seven minutes where just we're really in control defensively and uh, but yeah the, the crowd was a large reason for it you know you could feel it and hear them uh, when we made a run there in the second half to go from nine uh, to eventually take down nine to take the lead and uh, and you know the Dayton fans I think got got our our group going a little bit too. Yeah, they were there, and uh, it was impressive. They traveled well, although I was talking with some of their people. I said, well, you know, it is Vegas. He goes, no, no, we, this is kind of what happens when we go on the road anywhere, which is, which is great. But uh, uh, certainly they, uh, they had a little bit of their Vegas trip spoiled by the Runner Rebels last night. Curtis, I was thinking about the game uh, and, and thinking about, you know, what it reminded me of. And it reminded me a little bit of your guys' team and those teams in the, in the mid-2000s that you guys were part of, where you might have been undersized, as the Rebels were last night, and you might have been not as highly ranked, but you battled, and, and it was defense that was the key and toughness that was the key, and that was critical last night. That's what got the Rebels going, and that's what eventually got them over the hump. Yeah, and I think we got to point out, like you mentioned, we, we spoiled the Dayton, Dayton's fans' trip to Las Vegas, and I think Isaiah Cottrell tweeted today, the house always wins. <laughs> so hopefully we didn't just ruin their trip uh, on the court last night to Thomas and Matt, but also uh, for the rest of their duration here in Las Vegas. The um, Municipal Reinvestment Program. <laughs> no, but it, it, w- it was fun to see that, and I, I could see some, 
some reflection of that too. I mean, in terms of the, the teams in the past and Coach Kruger's teams and just kind of being undersized and outmanned and just willing to have that, that grit and that determination to, to find a way to win. Um, and, and Kevin's group, I think, really just embodies that. And I think it even helps more that they've got some guys that, that played at previous stops. Um, they're older. They played a lot of minutes. Um, and I think it's just going to be fun to continue to see them grow as we move forward. But I know last night was sure as, sure as heck was a lot of fun um, and can't wait to see these guys do it again. Coach, what was it that you think kind of lit that spark? We talked about it a little bit last night. But as you mentioned, they, the Rebels came back from two different double-digit deficits. Got off to a great start in the game. Unfortunately, had the, the situation with the turnover and the foul, uh, the intentional foul that allowed uh, Dayton to get some momentum. And they, they took off. They built their first double-digit lead. Rebels were down 10 at halftime. They built another uh, lead a little bit beyond that. And then all of a sudden, Something clicked. It was it was after a timeout. We saw the defensive intensity really pick up, and the Rebels got after them. Uh, but was there one thing that you could identify, one guy, one play that that really got it got it got that spark going? Yeah, I think it was just hustle plays. I think uh, you know that we're battling, we're trying to to get back in it. But uh, you know, a hustle play, offensive rebound, and, and EJ's three in the left corner uh, really just kind of got the momentum going, got the crowd crowd back into it. Next play, you know, Justin Webster hits a three. Let's cut it to six, or from six to three. And then all of a sudden now, you know, the crowd's really into it. Uh, things are rolling a little bit. The, the intensity defensively picked up another notch. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, just hustle plays got, got, that guys, uh, got the guys they were able to kind of get over that hump and, uh, you know, make some shots, shoot them with confidence because, uh, the, you know, the defensive intensity never really wavered in the last, you know, 14, 15 minutes of the second half. Yeah, and as you referred to, the, toward the end of the game, the defensive intensity and, and team defense was really incredible. Held them without a, a field goal for the final six-and-a-half-plus minutes. Um, only gave up one two-point field goal in the second half. And that, that's, that's, that's remarkable. That's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, that's remarkable, especially when you consider that I, I, yeah, the Rebels basically turn, took Dayton out of their game, getting the ball inside to Holmes, getting it inside to Kamara, those guys – who are just absolute monsters underneath. Um, what, what was the key? What was the, the focus and what was the key? Because the help defense, especially late in the game, was tremendous. Well, I thought uh, the help defense was great all game, um, but all the, the activity and ball pressure on the guy with the ball was huge. Um, you know, Dayton's as, as big probably not only as any team we'll see in our conference, but maybe even in the country. When you talk about Holmes, Kamara, Amzo coming off the bench, uh, you know, yeah, Sharab Jobs. Sharab, yeah, I'm not going to mispronounce his name. Let's I call apologize. him Mike. But uh, 55, we'll go with 55. And uh, <laughs> but uh, you know they're just they're just big. They're big. They got long arms and uh, they're physical. So I thought our help positioning was in a really good spot most of the night. We had a lot of deflections on them throwing, trying to throw the ball over the top. But uh, the main reason for that is because uh, the ball pressure and the activity, just changing the angles of those passes and. Uh, you know, the guarding Holmes was a, an absolute team effort. You know, Jordan McCabe's in there getting deflections. You know, Hark was in there getting deflections. And, and of course, the work that David and Vic did, uh, you know, can't go unnoticed either. We talked about it on the broadcast last night in terms of their, their, their shell defense, right? There's just their half-court defense, their base defense. Uh, really, really good. Obviously, on the ball, the guys are great. Um, and you talked about it the first couple of games. You guys want to force that skip pass. I mean, give them that. Um, and, and there was a time where David Muoka flew across, deflected yep. one out of bounds. Um, but, again, it's just that, that focus, that effort, and that intensity. And I remember me and, and the elder coach, Kruger, we were sitting at practice a few weeks ago, and he was like, they're just really good in the half court. Um, and they're going to continue to build on that. And I think that's going to be, again, a staple of what they do. 
but it's just fun to see them continue to do it night, night after night, but possession after possession as well. Yeah, in the first half, after the good start, and then when Dayton went on the run, uh, you could see a little bit of frustration maybe on the Rebels, uh, especially on the offensive end. Uh, what did you do to work them through that? Yeah, we just just kept working at it, really. I think, uh, you know, going from the Southern game to the Incarnate Word game to now, I thought uh, even though the first half wasn't our best half of the year, the, the second half was much better. Just, just continuing to be stubborn about getting good shots, you know, uh, getting the shots we want, you know, creating for each other. Uh, we put Hark in a lot of positions where, you know, he, he could create for not only himself but everybody. And, and he kind of took that, that role and responsibility on and, and, and really offensively, I think, kind of led us to that win. There, there's no question. He certainly sparked the Rebels from an offensive standpoint because there, even though the defense kept them in the game, and we talked about it, Curtis, how, you know, even though the offense was, uh, was, was struggling at times, the, the fact that the Rebels were able to hang in the ball game and not let a 10- or 11-point lead go to 20, uh, was critical, and then all of a sudden, Hart got off, Keyshawn got off, Justin hit the big shot, and and David hit a big jump. You know, th- there were there were a lot of things that started happening as a result, and and you were wondering if it was going to pay off like that, and it did. No, it did, and yeah, I mean, it, and it, you know, you can go all the way down to, you know, defense was was as good as as we've been but uh you know we had a stretch there in the from the, the early like 315 mark to about 140 where we kept getting offensive rebounds that was incredible and uh that was just you know nothing but but heart and uh you know we gave up even on the other side we gave up four offensive rebounds in the first five minutes and won the the rest of that half the first half so you know the guys did a much better job recognizing that at the first media timeout and adjusting um, just because, you know, rebounding comes down to heart and, and, uh, and intent, and the guys just made it a priority that we weren't going to be, get beat by uh, getting beat on the offensive glass. I, I was impressed, and it seemed to be infectious. Hark, as you said, E.J. Harkless kind of got them going offensively, but it really ticked up everybody's intensity at both ends of the floor. I think Vicky Wako coming off the bench and some of the diving plays he made in his hustle uh, was terrific to see because he, he'd been struggling kind of find, to find his rhythm early on this season. Yeah, I think Vic showed last night kind of what we, we see a lot in practice and what we've uh, known he's able to do. He, uh, you know, he was incredibly disruptive. Um, having him out there at that, that quote-unquote five position, uh, you know, a lot of times guards think it's, it's a mismatch, and they think when they get that switch it's their time to make plays. Uh, not really knowing he's our, you know, one of our best on-ball defenders and one of probably our best athlete. So, uh, and he takes a lot of pride in not getting beat off the dribble. And you know, having his ability and David's ability to switch everything and 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 not just get blown by, uh, really, I think is what makes our defense, you know, have a chance. And it's what uh, gave our defense a, a pretty good game last night. You mentioned Jordan McCabe, and uh, you know, Jordan is is in a different role this year thus far. But uh, there were a couple of occasions where there was a switch and he wound up on Holmes and they, he did get the big deflection on an entry pass uh, in the second half. Reminded me of Joey Danger. Joe Darker playing oh, center oh for the Rebels. And Jordan's even smaller. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard that Joe Darker and, and Jordan McCabe <laughs> comparison yet. But okay. <laughs> well, yeah. just the fact that they're, you know, undersized guys playing against much bigger opposition and, and getting the job done. I was really impressed. I mean, because Jordan, it would have been very easy for him to say, well, I'm not the starting point guard. I'm not playing as much, you know, what have you. And I'm certainly not known for my defense to, to kind of, you know, just 
go through the motions, and he certainly didn't do that. No, and, and Jordan, you know, he's a guy who, even though his, his, he might not be starting right now, his, uh, his role has stayed similar to last year in a lot of ways, just being a leader, being a, you know, vocal, uh, being somebody that coaches can trust. Um, you know, and going in, and, and it's a perfect example, he goes in there and he's, you know, he's fronting homes, and he, and he just trusts that he's got a teammate behind him. He trusts that the guy's going to have good ball pressure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Jordan jumping up there with Holmes and getting a deflection is uh, not something we maybe would have expected to see at the beginning of the game. But, you know, he trusted in it, trusted the, the, his teammates on it. So uh, he was able to make re some really huge plays. I think one of the things that fans have to recognize, Curtis and I have talked about it, the idea that you can't guard everything, you can't stop everything. And the one thing that, that Dayton was able to get done last night especially in the first half, was working the ball well in the half court and getting an open look from three. In the second half, those looks were less frequent, and they, the only times they came t seemed when there would be a pass from one corner to the other that went over the rim. And I know that you're kind of okay with that. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's what, as CT mentioned, we want to force that. We want to force skip passes. We, we have the athletes that can get from side to side uh, and take away good looks. Um, we've got the activity to where the passes won't be on target. Um, but, no, that, that's a great point. The first half, they were able to swing the ball around the perimeter comfortably and uh, kind of get us in rotation, uh, which is something we don't want to allow. We want to uh, keep the ball on the side and uh, make those side-to-side -side passes really difficult. I, I want to point out, I think it's, it's important that, I mean, when you go into a game, obviously you're, you're not going to be able to stop everything. You're not going to be able to do everything that you want to do. But it's also, it seemed to me like last night, the guys were kind of feeling themselves out. I mean, we started kind of hot and then kind of slowed down. Um, but they were kind of just, like in a fight, you're kind of just checking them, right? You're just jabbing to see what's going to happen, what's going to be available. And it clicked when you got to that second half because you guys turned it on. EJ started scoring. Keyshawn was scoring. The defense ratcheted up another level. But, again, I think it's just that progression of kind of figuring out who you are as a team. And I'm going to continue to say this, but the fact that we've got older guys that have been there, have played at multiple levels across college basketball, I think it's something to have in their back pocket to where the opposing team comes in and Dayton's like, oh, we're bigger, we're stronger, we're going to outmatch and we have a great first half. Well, there was no quitting these guys, and I think that's something that's very important. And I th that's a great point. And I think that part of what happened when the Rebels really started that comeback in the second half was that it shocked Dayton. They assumed, okay, we've built a, a, our second double-digit lead. These guys are going to shut it down. We're going to be able to take it from 11 to 20. And instead, it went from 11 down to 3. And then the Rebels took the lead and, and, and held on. And that's just a testament to the team and the, the, the culture, I guess, that you've started uh, here with this program and this group this year. Yeah, I think that what the guys did in the second half that was so much better in the first as well is just that they didn't require help. You know, they, they didn't allow – they didn't get beat off the dribble. Uh, we didn't allow post-entry passes to be as easy for Holmes to kick out for threes so uh, or, or, or pass to cutters. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, but when you got like, – like CT mentioned, you got guys that – we're counted on it at the SEC level for four years. We got at you know Big Twelve level, the you know the Pac twelve level on a nightly basis. You know putting them them together, and uh, when they all hang their hat on the defensive end is uh, I think uh, you know it's exciting to see right now because I I think they're just going to continue to gel and play off of each other better. And our biggest question was gonna, was would we be able to turn Dayton over similar to the way we did with Southern and Incarnate Word and. Um, with their size and their length and their, their chemistry, you know, the, I, I would have to say we probably wouldn't have expected to get 20-plus turnovers, but, uh, but we did and yeah. uh, needed to. Well, bad news, you didn't because you only got 24. 24. 24. Yeah. yeah. So that's 77 turnovers in three games. 
I believe the Rebels lead the country in, de- in turnover efficiency. Um, it is a, a testament to all the work, or second, sorry. Second in the country in forced turnovers. In forced turnovers. Thanks, okay. Andy. And, but, but I think number one in turnover You're efficiency. the real MVP. And, uh, and, uh, it, and that's something that's just going to continue because it's, it's, not like, it's not like teams can kind of game plan against it. They have to just do a better job of taking care of the ball, and the Rebels make it very difficult. Well, you know, everybody I think that's, that's good defensively is really hard to simulate uh, when you're prepping for them, and that's what we want to be. We want to be very hard to simulate in your, in your prep, in your day before, your two days before. Uh, you know, not to, but, you know, if a team's really good at zone or if a team like even Dayton is really big, you know, it's just really hard to get that same look in practice, and, and that's what we want to be. We want to be a team that when, they, when they're getting ready to play us, their coaching staff is saying it's just it's really hard to simulate what it's going to look like uh, when you play the Rebels. You mean you didn't in practice? You weren't able to go six eleven on the back line, six nine, six ten, six nine across the middle, and and six five up top. That, yeah, that didn't work for you. Check left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Check check provided that opportunity. Well, it was it was a great win, and it was the third in a row, and and it was great to see the team kind of step up and and meet the occasion. And I think that. That says a lot about what you and your staff were able to do to get them ready in a very short period of time. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a fun stretch here, you know, four games in 12 days. And uh, I know the guys are excited about it. Uh, you know, they, they practiced all summer, had a lot of practices for the Canada trip, and then turned right back around and had six weeks of practice before the Southern game. So, you know, they're, they're ready for games. They're excited for games. And, uh, and, and right now they're they're having fun, and it's and, and it should be it should still be fun. So we're we're happy uh, we're happy it can be fun for them right now. Last night was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, this is the uh, Runner Rebel Coaches Show. I want to remind you that you should get off the sidelines and into EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV, featuring premium amenities including their turf functional training area, movie. EOS Cinema, and to, oh, they're open 24-7 and much more. Join, join for as low as nine ninety nine per month at joineos.com. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. We'll take a break. When we come back, get into some of the individual performances last night and uh, what we've seen thus far for the Runner Rebels. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Now Iwako knocks the ball away. It's stolen by Harkless. Harkless in the front court. Harkless passes underneath Iwako. Iwako back to Harkless on the left side. A three for EJ. Is good. 50 to 44 Rebels. And they've gone on a run. Back to the Kevin Kruger Coaches Show. Live from the Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Back here, the Kevin Kruger Radio Show. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, and head coach Kevin Kruger talking run a rebel basketball. 3 0 running Rebels. As uh, they took care of number 21 Dayton last night, the highlight you heard, Vicky Waco with a with a great hustle play on the defensive end, and eventually, EJ Harkless knocking down one of a number of threes. Uh, EJ in the game last night had three of them. Uh, Rebels uh, wound up with seven threes in the ball game. I know that's an area, Coach, uh, you you're looking for this team to improve, and they will. I mean, Jackie hasn't gotten it going. Louise can knock him down. He hasn't hit too many yet. Um, it's just a matter of getting more comfortable on, on from that yeah, standpoint. Yeah, it is. You know, and, and, and Hark just got fully cleared about about two weeks ago. You know, he was in and out of practice until about two weeks ago. So, uh, you know, and you saw last night how important and, and of a piece he's going to be for us offensively. Uh, just his ability to create, get his own shot, knock down big shots. But uh, 
the best part of that highlight and the best part of that clip that was played was Vic could have shot it. You know, he had it right there just outside the paint. It would have been a very difficult, tough two. But, uh, you know, he, he was composed. He found EJ for, for EJ to knock down a, a huge three. And uh, but uh, I, so I thought Vic maybe I know he had some really good games against Colorado State, Wyoming last year and what he did to, uh, def- defensively with EK and Roddy. But last night might have been Vic's just most complete uh, game just from a sense of his, his he was calm. He was composed, but at the same time, incredibly disruptive and uh, played incredibly hard. Yeah, it, it, it looked as if for the first time, I mean, last year we only had such a small sample and they were sort of intermixed when he was healthy and it wasn't that often. But it was like Vic would come in and he'd cause havoc, but it wasn't necessarily always sort of within the context of what you wanted to do. Last night, after, after he got going, it, it definitely, he was, he was part of the overall effort. Yeah, and I think Vic, you know, we've talked about it a lot as a staff, like, like you said, and it's, it's not like we're saying anything we haven't told Vic. Uh, you know, Vic can kind of go out on his own from time to time and, and run around. And, uh, but when you put him again with guys who have that experience uh, and guys who have unbelievable defensive instincts, I think they just make Vic more dynamic and more uh, disruptive as a defender because they can play uh, and let their instincts kick in off what he does. So, you know, last night, he, 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 like you mentioned, he had a couple deflections diving on the floor. And, you know, one, he saved right to a guy from Dayton, but we had somebody there right there on, on the catch for that kid, and, and that, he wasn't able to make a play. And uh, so, you know, as the guys continue to play more with Vic um, and what as consistent and solid as David's been, um, it just kind of gives us another, another, uh, another weapon. We talked about that, too, in Vic. The guy was like, oh, he's not going to do anything. And next thing you know, loose ball, swipes it, dives in front of the bench, saves it. But, again, that's just that, that energy and that, that fire that Vic brings. I still wince every time he dives on the floor, though. Just I'm scared that his, something's going to happen with the shoulder. That's just me, <laughs> helicopter dad. Um, but, no, I think, again, it's, it, when guys get more comfortable playing with Vic and the guys continue to gel, I think, it's, again, it's going to continue to be so much more fun to see these guys compete. We talk about the diving on the floor, and there was a play down on the opposite end from you, kind of in front of us, uh, where EJ made a dive out of bounds uh, to, to get a ball. And I think it was those types of plays at the point where the game was still a little bit in doubt. The Rebels certainly had all the momentum and had the lead. But it was those types of plays that really kind of put the final nail in the, in the coffin for Dayton, even though there was still time left on the clock, where they were like, no, these guys aren't going to quit. They're not going to go away. And, and they just didn't, they weren't able to, to kind of match that intensity. Yeah, I think the hustle plays were really the, you know, having those opportunity, having that opportunity to make those hustle plays and then the guys making them was really what turned the tide of the game. And, uh, you know, it, it's not always that simple. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to play really hard. Everybody played really hard. But, you know, that extra dive, that, uh, that extra rotation defensively, just kind of those little things you can do um, to just, again, just get over the hump. And, uh you know, like like we talked about, you know, when we, if offense is a is going to continue to be a work in progress to an extent, um, we can't also take any credit credit away from Dayton. They're an elite defensive team. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, if we if we can just continue to hang our hat on on hustle plays and competitive intent on the defensive end, then uh, we should have a chance to win a lot of games. We know Keyshawn Gilbert spent a lot of time in the gym working on his shot, and it shows. I mean, he was he was six for nine from the field yesterday. He's knocked down a bunch of threes, uh, hit a big one uh, during the, the the run that got the Rebels even. I think he hit the one that got him even, and then hit one uh, later on that that gave him the lead after it had been tied at forty four for a while. But 
his ability to get in the paint and then do something creative with the basketball uh, to get it in the hole once he's made his move, we didn't see that last year. And, uh, you know, confidence or the fact that, you know, the ball wasn't in his hands that much. And or Bryce Hamilton. Bryce Hamilton. Yeah, that's, and I say that in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. But, but all of that, we didn't, I, we didn't see that. It, it, you've known it's, it was there. Yeah, I think, you know, something we talked about a lot last year was kind of the excitement that we had for Keyshawn because, uh, you know, Keyshawn, nobody can keep him out of the paint. It's just it, last year it kind of became, well, what happens then? And, uh, you know, that year of experience has kind of led to where he's at now to where, you know, he's getting in there with a lot of confidence. Um, he had two little mid-range floaters in the middle of the paint last night that they have to go in, you know, for us to have a chance to win that game. And, and, and they both did. And, uh, but, uh, you know, between him and EJ, we knew this was, this was a game where they would have to create and get in the paint, make plays, uh, take on a little bit more of an ownership in, in the results of the play, getting a good shot because – uh, Dayton's size and their length, it's really tough to run a lot of stuff against them. you you got to just, at the end of the day, they, they kinda, you got to put it in somebody's hands and hope they can kind of drive and kick and make plays for each other. And, and we talk about, I mean, obviously, we, we Keyshawn Gilbert, we had the chance to see him last year, but you, you talk about EJ Harkless. And we, we've, from afar, we saw what he did his previous stops, right, at, at uh, Northridge, at, at Oklahoma. But he had, I mean, other elite players on his team. He didn't even start. I'm an, and I'm, I did not – and, I mean, I'll, I'm sorry, EJ. I did not know EJ had that in him, what he did last night in terms of offensively. I mean, just the hitch, the hesitations, the crossovers, the getting to the basket, the creating contact, the pro steps. I mean – The Adrian Dantley. I mean, just everything that he did offensively just – I mean, I was like, wow. Not only is the kid like the senior leadership, he's vocal, he plays defense, he's in the right spot, he runs the team, but the fact that he went out there and efficiently put up that type of offense. Is that something that you knew you guys were going to get from him or something you're like, wow – we knew he was good, but this is a whole other level that he wasn't showing at Oklahoma or didn't have the ability to show. Yeah, I, th- I think it was just more of, you know, a lot of it comes from, honestly, just watching him play when he played for old ball coach at Oklahoma. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, entering the ball to him at the nail, in this, er, at the three-point line in the slot, and just giving him a lot of trust. And, and watching him do it at the Big 12 level two years ago, uh, you know, we knew that he's somebody that, it's a little like Keyshawn Gilbert. They're not going to jump out of the gym they're not going to beat everybody in a sprint um but they they've just kind of got that it factor that they can get around people they understand angles and uh they they take advantage of it when uh, when the defender makes a decision all right we're going to take another break when we come back we're talking about the rebel offense we've seen what we've seen from Keyshawn and from ej who is coach looking forward to stepping up and joining that group on the offensive end as the rebels continue we will take a break. We'll be back with more. We're at Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. This is the Kevin Kruger Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Harkless with eight on the clock straight away. Comes down the left side. Spins. Throws the ball to Gilbert. Right side for a three. It's good. Keyshawn knocks it down, and the Rebels have a three-point lead, 47-44. Back to your hosts. John Sandler and Curtis Terry with Coach Kruger on the UNLV Men's Basketball Coaches Show. Keyshawn Gilbert knocking down a big three. We talked about it earlier, breaking that 44-44 tie, and the Rebels uh, went on from there, built the lead, and eventually had the eight-point victory over the uh, the Dayton Flyers, the nationally ranked team. Uh, John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Coach Kruger with us. Uh, Coach, have to ask, I-, I know you guys have worked on defense a ton. You've worked on offense some. 
not a lot of work on end-of-game situations yet. Got some valuable experience last night, certainly. Yeah, just, uh, you know, we, we play a little. There's a little segment we started playing uh, at the beginning of practice, uh, a little five-on-six, and uh, I thought uh, had we not done that leading up to last night that, uh, you know, we, we might have been in a different situation. But, you know, uh, you know it's, it's tough in those situations to know when to attack, when to, you know, pull the ball back. And uh, But I think, you know, Keyshawn, really his first – that was really his first opportunity being in that role uh, of, you know, kind of – being expected to have just a good result, whether it be free throws or, or, or a good clean look, because um, there's a lot that can go through your mind. Is the shot too early? Is it? Did you did you pass one up you should have taken? You know, and there's just a lot of things you got to think about in those situations. But I thought at the end of the day, did a good job. I know we probably felt it was a lot more of a nail biter situation than uh, than people, you know, a casual fan. But a great experience for him to to go through it, so that uh, next time it comes around, uh, he'll be a little more ready. Can you talk about, is there any of that, I mean, the, like the mentorship from Jordan McCabe to, to, to Keyshawn Gilbert in terms of as a point guard? Because obviously Jordan's been there. I know my, my junior year when you were the point guard, I just, I just, but that's what I do. I just wanted to watch everything that you did. Um, but I just try to soak up the knowledge and the experience and just the wisdom that you shared. Do we see some of that going on between, between Jordan and Keyshawn? Yeah, Jordan does a really good job because as we know, Keyshawn can burn hot. And, uh, you know, so Jordan does a really yeah, good job thanks. of just kind of talking to him. And, and, and Keyshawn listens to Jordan. And he, and he does. And, uh, you know, and Keyshawn, one of the things he's, he's learning right now is just, uh, you know, everybody's different, uh, you know, and, and the communications just it's just different for each individual teammate. And then it's a different when you speak to everybody as a whole. And uh, but you've got to be the most vocal one just in terms of of the uh, just kind of the what you demand when you when you say something, it's got to be heard by everybody. It's got to be followed. And uh, you don't have to just be a, a constant chatterbox, but you just got to well, you got to know what you're talking about. You got to say it confidently and uh, the guys will gravitate toward that. And we talked about it last night, but I mean, also after the game last night, Jordan McKay walks out and I'm like, you're, you're doing good. He's like, yeah, man, a win is a win. I'm happy we won. And I just think that goes to show just the leadership. He's all in for the team. But we talked about it when uh, Keyshawn had that turnover. And it's just you still got to learn. You know what I mean? The, the flow as the, as the point guard, or when to push, when to pull back, um, who to feed the, the hot hand to, or what kind of what sets to run. And I think he'll continue to get that. He's doing great. But I remember it was my senior year. We were playing at San Diego, which we're going in a couple weeks. And I think it was the second game I was playing point guard. And I got a, I got an over and back call on me because I <laughs> come across half court and getting pressured and just not realizing, you know what I mean? There's, you can't go backwards anymore. I step across the backcourt and it's like, oh. So, again, I, learning, a learning situation, but I think those, those things, he's going to learn how to, to work through those, but coaches are going to allow him to play through those as well. Well, yeah, without question, you know, the first, the first thing about Jordan is I think if you saw the, the celebration that they put, a, put on social media, you know, everybody was excited, everybody was happy. That's, uh, you know, you don't beat a ranked team that has the chemistry and the experience that Dayton has if you've got guys worried about themselves in any capacity. You know, why didn't I play more? Why didn't I get an opportunity? Why did he shoot it? Why? I mean, if you have those thoughts go through your mind, even just go through your mind at all, you're not going to be able to be a, a, a positive, uh, you know, inf uh, enforcement on the team. And, you know, you, you just can't beat teams, really good teams like Dayton when that happens. So, you know, walking into the locker room, seeing everybody excited and happy, everybody celebrating was, uh, it, it was great to see as a coach. And is a target for whatever they poured on you. <laughs> well, and let, let's get to the question I was going to ask as we come out of break. The we Keyshawn obviously has has taken enormous strides from an offensive standpoint. Uh, EJ is everything you wanted and more now that he's healthy on the offensive end. 
Who are you excited about? Who do you want to see uh, as the season begins to move along? Kind of join that group and become part of that arsenal that the Rebels can ask uh, count on night in and night out from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, well, and we still haven't seen Isaiah Cottrell. Right. You know, somebody you know, at 6'10", 250 pounds a, a, that, that can stretch the floor. Um, you know, we, we, get, we get the very common question of, you know, two bigs, three guard, four guard, blah, blah, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, the, you know, something with Isaiah where he can sp- stretch the floor gives you that added element, that opportunity. But, uh, you know, I think we still we haven't even seen anywhere near Jackie's ability um, Webb has been incredibly consistent, but you know the way he finished the year last year, he was making making shots consistently. Um, again, Jordan, just his leadership, the way, you know his ability to make shots. I think we're going to put a lot more pressure on him to to go in and make a bigger difference uh, shooting the ball. You know, looking for a shot a little bit more, and then uh, you know if everyone else can kind of stay with their their baseline of what they've been doing, then uh, we can be a pretty good team. First time Rebels have seen zone this year. Really, uh, and and that one three one that uh, Dayton threw out there with those three guys across the middle. I mean, they they covered concession stand to concession stand. Uh, I thought the guys handled it really well. It took them a little while to, to kind of get into flow what they were going to do, but it uh, they certainly handled it well. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a. Uh, I honestly, it was, there was a there was a sense of uh, almost a little bit of relief when they went to it, just to because we were getting good looks out of it. And uh, we weren't forcing it, any shots. Uh, guys were doing a really good job of getting to open spots, getting to finding an open window for a clean pass from a teammate. So, uh, you know, I thought it, it was just it was really good for us to, to, to not only see it, but at, at the rate they were going back and forth between zone and man, uh, we didn't have any possessions where we just stood at half court, held it, and tried to figure out what was going on. Uh, EJ was in the middle for a little bit. Lou was in the middle of it for a little bit. Uh, Keyshawn was in, in the middle of it to kind of finish and, they all three kind of gave a little bit different look, but for the most part, we ended up getting the looks out of it that we wanted. When when you walk on the court and you see a team with that much size, I mean, you've seen them on film and, and all that. I, I don't want to use the word intimidating, but it, it does it does it you know make you kind of just go, okay, they're really big. Well, actually, I asked Will Saxon because uh, you know, and, and Curtis can uh, can uh, testify to this as well, but. 99% of the heights you read in the media guide are not accurate. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. I, I was listening at six foot five. Yeah, there you go. But I'm only right six. There. I'm only six three and three quarters barefoot. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I asked Will Saxon. I said, "Are they actually as big as they look on t- on film?" And he was like, and he just looks at me and he goes, "Yep." And he just kind of <laughs> kept it moving. And uh, but uh, th- there is a little bit of that because you you are out there and like I said, uh, as a coach, you know, you just. You want to make sure you guys have seen everything, that they're prepared for everything, and uh, there's nothing that you haven't covered. But it, the length like that, uh, guys that are incredibly physical, they're just uh, they're impossible to simulate unless it's the style you play as well. And uh, but the, but the guys did a just did a really good job. It it reminded me a little bit of the 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 national anthem before the game against Georgia Tech in the NCAA tournament when you guys were playing, when both teams were lined up at opposite foul lines, and it was just, it was you guys and a football team. And uh, it, 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 looked, it looked crazy, but you guys, you know, took care of business, no problem that day. Well, and, we're, and we're not a little team either. No, not at all. You know, and that's what, that's, but that, it definitely looked a, a little bit like that last night. I mean, Lou, Lou Rodriguez is 6'6", 210, you know, 215. I mean, he's. Eli Parquet go, you know, th- these are well-built guys. And, uh, but yeah, Dayton's, like I said, they're, 
if they're not the biggest team we play this year, I'd, I'd be surprised and, uh, because they're, they're certainly probably one of the biggest teams in the country. Well, a, a great win for the Runner Rebels to go to 3-0 and on the season, taking care of Dayton last night, 60-52. to Just a, a tremendous, tremendous effort. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll talk about the next game and the upcoming schedule. High Point at the Thomas & Mac, 7 o'clock Friday night. Hope you'll uh, join us out there as the Rebels uh, take on High Point and then hit the road for the first time this year. But uh, we'll get to that when we come back. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Now Rodriguez steals the inbounds pass. Rodriguez front court lays it up with the left-handed end. Luis has taken this game over single-handedly. Back to the Kevin Kruger Coaches Show, live from the Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Luis Rodriguez featured in that highlight uh, from the Incarnate Word game where he really dominated and uh, showed off his skills. Uh, John Sandler, Curtis Terry, head coach Kevin Kruger, talking runner Rebel basketball. Rebels coming off the big win over Dayton and get ready for high point at the, the Thomas and Mac on Friday night. Uh, Luis is a lot of fun to watch out there, coach. He, he just does everything. He is, and you know, obviously not been doing this head coaching thing forever, but... Uh, you had me fooled. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one of the concerns, one of the reasons, or selling points, I should say, that we have at UNLV that we had last year in the portal, that we had the previous year in the portal, was was guys like Luis, you know, wanting to come to Vegas, but for more of an expanded offensive role. You know, a little more opportunity to showcase what they can do on the offensive side. And I, I, I just can't even put into words just how lucky we are that while Lou is still kind of had the ability to take more shots, be more a part of the offense. His defense is even better than what we saw last year at Ole Miss when he, and, and going back two years where he started 50 of the last 60 games, uh, you know, for, for a, a competitive SEC team. And to bring that over here as a fifth-year senior and just be relentless against whoever you're going every day in practice uh, and then carrying it over to the games – you know, nobody else can look around and say, I deserve this, I, I want that, because Lou is out there, you know, it's like a, it's like a puppy. You know, he just runs and, and plays so hard until he can't breathe anymore. And and it's just it's just awesome to see as a coach, and, and, it, and it's clearly, you know, rubbing off on the other guys. It's infectious, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about that. I mean, we go back, and, and Joel Anthony was kind of like that. Joel would just play hard every time, every possession. It's like, Dude, take a break because you're making us look bad. <laughs> and so when you have these guys doing it, but it's your guys that are playing heavy minutes, uh, they're going to guys get a lot of shots uh, on offense. But that's just going to build through the, the program, and you get the younger guys and guys that aren't playing as much right now, and especially big key, right? Um, we talk about Shane Noel, guys that are maybe not getting many minutes right now, but if you want to, you've got to play this hard each night out, and that's going to how you build your program through recruiting um, and just kind of build that culture. But it's, it's it's great to see because again, it's infectious. And not only do I appreciate it, but you know that the fans appreciate it at Thomas and Mac as well. Uh, no doubt. The, the Rebel fans uh, love to see guys playing hard. That's, that's kind of the bottom line. And, and this team has shown in its first three games that uh, there's no shortage of that. All right. High point on Friday night. Um, they're not ranked 21st in the country, but they have one of the top scorers in the country coming in. Uh, they have a, a, a program that has uh, had some success. And uh, Rebels are coming off a big win versus a nationally ranked opponent now now you got a high, little high point coming in concerns how do you how do you kind of keep the rebels on the level they've been yeah i think that's our our biggest question is just how are we going to react to these type 
of games. Uh, you know, an incredibly emotional, win, a late game. You know, uh, so I'm, I don't know about them, but you know, it wasn't that easy to fall asleep for us last night. You know, the adrenaline was yeah. still was still going, and uh, you know, how are we going to react to this? You know, and High Point is an incredibly dangerous team. They're averaging 100 points a game. Yep. You know, they scored 100 plus last night against Lee's McRae. Uh, they got you know three guys. Uh, you know, they're in the in the 20s a piece. Um, a lot of confidence. They run and gun. They have fun. Um, we, I mean, we we have to come out like we've done really uh, all three games so far and and throw a haymaker. And uh, our starts have been really good. Um, so we've got to get out to another good start like that because they're going to they're gonna run it up the floor. They're going to shoot threes. They're going to try to make plays for each other. So uh, we have to have an unbelievable start, um, but with an understanding that, you know, just because High Point may not get as much attention out west uh, as, uh, as other programs, uh, incredibly dangerous, incredibly talented, and, and, and we've got to be ready. Well, that, that'll uh, hopefully the, the maturity that the Rebels have the fact that they've got guys who have been through similar situations before will help. Yeah, I think that's that's what we're going to lean on. You know, that that kind of that senior fourth and fifth year experience. Uh, you know, Jordan McCabe played on ranked teams at West Virginia. Isaiah Cottrell played on ranked teams. EJ played on ranked teams at Oklahoma. You know, we've got guys that have ex- experienced. Uh, you know, being on ranked teams with success and and having big wins, and then maybe. You know, going into that next game uh, off of a, a highly emotional win, and uh, and just what they needed to do to prepare for it. So there's no uh, there's no step back uh, because, like you mentioned, the crowd was incredible. Uh, they, they they got the guys going. They kept them going throughout the game. So uh, you know, we we've got to go and kind of almost show our appreciation back to them by by coming out and playing uh, with the same effort on Friday night. Very well, well put. Very well put. Uh, high point on Friday at the Thomas and Mac, and then the Rebels on the road. For the first time, Monday and Wednesday down in Southern California at a little holiday tournament. And you thought 8 o'clock was late. I know what's coming. (laughs) Monday night, a 10 o'clock tip against Southern Illinois, a team that already has a win over Oklahoma State this year. So that's not going to be easy. And then playing on Wednesday, hopefully the Rebels win. Uh, because if they don't, it's going to be another late late night on Wednesday night. Uh, So uh, a a lot going on before the holiday. Yeah, yeah. um, Late tip (laughs) is a... Unfortunately, the the uh, talking point of the event so far, but uh, yeah, a, a really solid solid event. Cal Baptist, Minnesota, um, Southern Illinois, who as you mentioned, won at Oklahoma State last week. So uh, again, just more great challenges for this group, and getting uh, uh, just excited for for these opportunities. All right, we're gonna take our final break. Be back with a final segment. Find out uh, what's in store for Thanksgiving in the Kruger household and for the Runner Rebels. When we come back, you're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Harkless front court. Bounce pass right side Gilbert. Keyshawn open for a three. Front iron no hey, good. Yep. there. Go. Slam hey. dunk. Back to your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry with Coach Kruger on the UNLV Men's Basketball Coaches Show. David Muoka in the Incarnate Word game throwing down a offensive rebound and a slam dunk, helping the Rebels to their second win of the year. Got their third against Dayton last night, and now uh, get ready for High Point at the Thomas and Mac on Friday night. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, head coach Kevin Kruger, with you. Uh, if, if by the way, if you're at home, we've been entertained. They've got uh, the uh, was it Western Michigan versus Central Michigan football game going on uh, on uh, one of the ESPN channels, and it is snowing. 
and those guys, I hope they're enjoying themselves. It looks like a playground game a lot, uh, but that's uh, one of the fun things this time of year, watching college football in the snow. They're still young. I, yeah. say, I think they probably, they probably enjoy it. <laughs> All right, Coach, uh, so three games prior to the holiday. You've got uh, High Point Friday at home, then the two games in California next week. Uh, team Thanksgiving, what's the – have you started a tradition? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll actually have uh, a little Thanksgiving meal for them at Mendenhall Facility on Thursday and, uh, and uh, just kind of give them that day off, but, but make sure to feed them and try to make them feel as, as much at home as possible. Yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, guys, long way from home. And, uh, I mean, the maturity of the group, again, factors in, and in the sense you only have one freshman and, and all that. So they've been through it. But uh, it's a time of year where you like to be with family, and, and this is their family for right now. Exactly. Yeah, and we've spent many of these times with, with our, our teammates and our coaches. Do you have any fun stories from over the years of, of coaching or either playing that you, that you can share with us? Um, well, the first one that comes to mind, odd, oddly enough, yeah, but like you said, I mean, you just, you get so used to Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of being around in the basketball world that, you know, it just becomes the norm. But, uh, so it's kind of along those lines, we, we didn't, we don't celebrate a lot of, you know, birthdays, holidays in the Kruger household. And we didn't growing up, it was just kind of a, you know, Hey, you know, happy Thanksgiving. Like, here you go. Like, you know, whatever people have things. Coach has to go to practice. Yeah. yeah. We're got gonna, things, you know, Sorry, got yeah. things to do like what? this or that but uh my wife not so much and uh you know she christmas lights went up about two weeks ago you know pumpkins were up the last six or eight weeks so the first uh when we first started dating we were uh we had the pk80 when we were at oklahoma and up in portland and we uh we played arkansas and on thanksgiving day it was the opener and uh she didn't really understand kind of what goes into like game prep tournament prep so we had the game at noon, and then we met as a staff for a few hours, and then we met with the team, and kind of before I knew it, I hadn't seen her for about 10 hours <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day, and got back to the hotel, and I could just see, you know, her, her eyes were a little watery. She was kind of, and so, so if you do see her this week during Thanksgiving, or, or next week, if you see her at the Friday game, or when we get back from Thanksgiving, just a Please share, you know, happy Thanksgiving, you know, like, you know, good, good to see you. Make because, up for uh, what Kevin yeah. is not doing. We're Make up for what I'm water? going to forget to do uh, inevitably. But, uh, yeah, no, so uh, yeah, I, probably because I didn't do what I was supposed to on that Thanksgiving is probably why that story immediately comes to mind. <laughs> I, rem- I remember a great story. I, I'll, I'll save it for another time. Max Good told me about his first wedding anniversary. And, uh how that how that did not work out well. I don't know for if him. we can share that one on the air. Man. <laughs> no, anything it's, with, anything it's with Coach right. Max Good. <laughs> Coach Good was a was an absolute classic. All right, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, we do not have a show next week uh, because of Thanksgiving. We'll, it's uh, it'll be the following week on Wednesday. But uh, want to invite you to come out to the Thomas and Mac Friday night. The Runner Rebels in High Point at seven o'clock. We'll be on the air at six thirty over on ESPN Radio. Uh, with running Rebel Warm-Up. Thanks to DeMond back in our studios, Danny and Nick, engineering here at Bailiwick. And now for Coach and for Curtis, this is John saying thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you Friday night. See you at the Thomas and Mac. Have a good evening, everybody. Live from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, you've been listening to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer-driven.
The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network.